0: Welcome to Dharma Glimpses, an introduction to the profound treasury teachings of Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, taught by Judy Leaf. In this episode, Judy discusses "Don't Know Mind." Welcome. Today, I'd like to explore "Don't Know Mind." In the Buddha Dharma, there's a lot of teachings on knowing and studying and learning, but there are also a lot of teachings about unlearning. Unlearning is equally important, maybe more important. There's a lot of ways of talking about this idea of don't know mind. The uh, Christian mystics talks about the cloud of unknowing as a profound mystical experience. And the great Suzuki Roshi talks about beginner's mind, saying that in the expert's mind, the possibilities are few, but in the beginner's mind, the possibilities are endless. So you could look at this as also as exploring what limits our mind, if our mind has potential that is endless, that is open to all possibilities, and what ways do we constrain that or um, diminish that capacity. It may seem odd to talk about the benefits of not knowing or don't know a mind in a tradition that places such a value on learning and on study. It also may seem odd because in the Buddhism this. A lot of discussion about ignorance and delusion and the harm that comes from lack of knowledge, lack of awareness, lack of critical thinking, lack of investigation. The in many ways we are in denial about ourselves and about our world, in the many ways we kind of fog over what we know to be true because we don't want to face unpleasant things. So how is the don't know mind different from delusory mind or ignorance. I think the main difference is that don't know mind is so much about opening out, whereas ignorance is about closing down, shutting down. There are so many things we think we already know, and once we have that mind state, it just stays stuck like that. We've decided, we've closed on any other options, any other point of view, and we just hold to the one that's familiar that we've decided upon. Trungpa Jay warned about developing a mind like an iron kettle, as though we could pour all sorts of teachings into that kettle and hold tight and have them as some kind of a possession. And he warned that we'll end up with nothing at all with that approach. And strangely, he gave the image of the more proper way to, to relate to learning is having a mind like a sieve, mind like a sieve, where you don't hold anything at all. Again, conventionally, that seems very odd. We don't want to just pour things in and have them leak out. But on the other hand, it's pointing to kind of a paradox that with awareness, you can be so sharp, so on the spot, and not hold on to anything, not have this iron pot in a carry around or a backpack or whatever you have, but on the spot, fresh learning and letting it go. So don't know mind is not about being spaced out, non communicative out of it at all. It's don't know mind when you hear the teachings or anything, really, you can hear it in a fresh way. In the Buddhist tradition, there are many profound teachings and there's a very vast heritage. And personally, I feel if you're within a tradition, you should learn about the tradition. You should know the basic teachings, you should know some of the logics, you should know some of the practitioners or great teachers and somewhat of the history where this tradition fits in with other traditions. I think all of that learning is extremely important for students. But here's an irony. The more passionate you become about studying, the more inspired you might be by the profundity and the applicability of Dharma teachings, the further you go, the more you realize how much you don't know. Without don't know mind, the more you learn, the more you study, the more arrogant you're apt to be. I know more than you. I've read more books than you. I I know more subtleties of teaching than you do. I'm smarter than you, etc., etc. With don't know mind, the more you learn, the more humble you become. The more you touch into the vast amount you don't understand. No matter how much you study, how long you study, how smart you are. You could hold on to what you know and become very, very small and tight. Or you could let the study itself open you into vast potential of don't know mind. There's a Buddhist saying that goes, the mark of learning is gentleness. So that speaks to learning that isn't a credential that feeds our arrogance, but as as an opening to potential of vast mind that can't be held, that is too vast to be reduced and put in our little pot. The bottom line is, when we think we know already, we no longer can see anything very clearly. You can think of the path as a marriage of two things. It's studying and cultivating precision of mind to learn, studying in order to learn, and meditation in in order to unlearn, studying in order to learn, meditation in order to unlearn. And those are married in a way. They are inseparable and, and enhance one another incredibly. This combination can change our approach to learning and open our eyes to perception that can't be contained in our usual conventional way of going about things, a more superficial sense of trying to capture things through our learning, as opposed to opening into vastness through our learning, becoming arrogant through our learning, or developing true humility through our learning, is a profound simplicity in this approach, a receptivity to our experiences in our world. There's a delight in liberating our quest for knowledge and our studying from the leash of ego and our tendency to hold and pin things down. But when we loosen that grasping, when we relax a little bit, we realize that what really matters can't be pinned down. And what we can pin down is not what really matters. We realize that we can enjoy scholar's mind and don't know mind at one and the same time. Thank you for joining me